Welcome to the Cork Creative Podcast. With this podcast, we hope to promote creative people and businesses in Cork. To learn more about the podcast, visit corkcreative.ie. Flux Learning is a company fueled by caffeine. We take our coffee seriously. So for our fourth series, we took the opportunity to broaden our knowledge and learn some insights into the coffee roasting industry in Cork City and County. I am your host, Geraldine Hennessy, and today I am joined by West Cork Coffee's Tony Spate above his West Cork Brew Bar in Grey Heron in Bandon. Tony started his love affair with coffee back in Melbourne. He went on to use his engineering background to build his first roastery in 2004 and went from an enthusiastic hobbyist to a seriously passionate artisan coffee roaster. Over time, he learned all there is to know about coffee, built a brand and a business, aligned himself with some amazing local food businesses and continues to forge his path in the speciality coffee industry. So sit back, relax and enjoy a fresh brew as we discuss how his engineering background helped him in his passion, a sustainable approach to work and life, not wanting to be the next Starbucks and getting lucky. So you're very welcome to Cork Creative, Tony. Thanks for inviting us to your podcast. So how did you get involved in coffee roasting? I suppose my my story as a coffee roaster started way back in 2004 when I was traveling in Australia. I kind of fell into a barista job in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I didn't know what a barista was. I soon learned the full, I suppose, offerings that coffee have in Mm -hmm. specialty coffee as a barista and working in an area in Melbourne where the coffee culture was really, really strong. We had an area called Chapel Street and I was based down in St. Kilda. And at the time, it was all new to me, the coffee culture. I became very, very interested in it, not just in the coffee itself, but the coffee roasting and the sourcing and everything involved with coffee. Mm-hmm. Now, when I came back to Ireland, I was just after doing my degree in electrical engineering. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to pursue my career in engineering, which I did. Mm-hmm. But I kept the interest in coffee alive as a hobby. Mm-hmm. The hobby became a kind of a passion where I studied and I developed my own roasting style mm-hmm. by basically building my own roaster. So mm-hmm. I started roasting as a hobby at home. So it became a hobby and I was roasting at home and I was roasting for family and friends. I was sourcing coffee from all over the world, delivered directly to my house. and. The coffee scene in Ireland was slowly but surely coming alive. Mm, mm. So it's hard to imagine like 2004, 5, 6, there wasn't much happening in Cork and mm, coffee. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of fine tuning my skill and my craft while continuing my engineering career. Mm-hmm. It took a long time before I decided to take the plunge and make a business out of it. Mm-hmm. I kind of got lucky in a way where a good friend of mine, Diana Dodog, she won the first Irish MasterChef. Okay. In 2014. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned to Diana that I roast coffee as a hobby. And would you like to try the coffee? Diana tried it. She loved it. I had to come up with a name for the business. At the time, there was no coffee roast room, West Cork, but we had every other produce. Yeah. So I decided why not have West Cork coffee and put it alongside all the amazing produce that's mm. produced and provided in West Cork. So if you can imagine, Diana won MasterChef. With the winnings, she opened the food truck down in Court Mark Sherry. Mm-hmm. She started using my coffee and it created the momentum that you would want for any new product coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, people asked the question, what's this coffee? Mm-hmm. 
I remember Diana was using a Mexican coffee that we had at the time that was quite unusual. There wasn't something like it in Cork at the time. And it gave the platform for the business to grow organically. Mm-hmm. And organically is important because we don't go banging on doors when we sell the coffee. Mm-hmm. All our customers that came on board with us is word of mouth, recommendations, and people who've had the coffee before. Mm. So with the full-time job I had at the time, I had to balance it. Mm. I had to balance the roasting, balance building a new brand, a new product, mm. and promoting it while continuing my full-time job. Mm. It took, well, it's not 2014. Mm. It was 2018 before I made it my full-time okay. career. So four years of building the brand. Mm. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm. And it's more, most people who create any business or product takes time. Mm. It took that time frame. So you're talking... 10 years of learning how to roast and building a product, learning how to create roasting profiles and getting experience of roasting all different types of coffees from different origins. And then 10 years later, creating the product. And then four years of growing the product and making it a full-time job. Mm. And I haven't looked back since. So we're slowly but surely growing our wholesale clients across Ireland. Um, we have a couple in Europe. We have one in France, one in Austria. So. Doing it all without extending and, I suppose, utilizing your time as yeah. efficient as possible. Okay. Slow and steady. Slow and steady. Right. Slow and steady, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. And how did you develop your brand identity there? You said you spent a few years just kind of getting it up. And- yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was roasting it with no label, no, no branding. I have a good neighbor of mine who used to buy coffee off me coming out to my house and I used to fill a Kilner jar of coffee and give it to him. And mm-hmm. the same guy does the same thing today, except <laughs> yeah. it's West Cork Coffee. Back then there was no brand. Yeah. So when I came up with the name of West Cork Coffee, I obviously wanted to promote the product in West Cork mm-hmm. and also the city. Now, recently a person said to me that, like, coming up with a, a name like that quite pigeonholes you into a certain area in mm. a way. But I never found that. Mm. It kind of promotes the area mm-hmm. as well mm. as supplying a product that can go alongside all the other produce. Mm. So West Cork Coffee, I came up with the logo myself. I was very lucky. Like a lot of things happened to me in the start that like I'm blessed that it happened. So mm. I had a guy called Luke Slattery who came to me, who was doing his master's in UCC, mm-hmm. digital marketing, and was looking for a project. And he knew I had a new product mm. and he wanted to come on board and help me with the branding. So and still to this day, Luke is still working with the business, giving advice. No, he's obviously working in a full-time job. He's yeah. not a student anymore. But at the time, that was just, you couldn't have asked for anything yeah. better because yeah. oh, he did simple things. So mm. I had the logo, he stretched it, he modulated the WCC and helped me with the logo design. Mm. So that was, that was a great help. Mm. And with the first customer being a MasterChef winner, mm. it brought online people that were, for me, the best cafes in Cork. Yeah. Like we have Good Day Delhi. We have Latitude Wine Bar. We have Miyazaki and Ichigo Ichi. We have a second Michelin star restaurant in Ballydehob called a Chestnut. Mm. They also use our coffee. So we're in line with businesses that I highly respect and mm. want to be alongside as well. Mm, mm-hmm. So all this helps the product. All right, those. Okay, okay. It's where you want it to kind of be exactly. at home. Okay, okay. And how and where do you source your beans? So I suppose in a way we source a lot of different coffees. So at any one time, I think two weeks ago, we had 16 different coffees on offer on our web shop. Mm-hmm. That's a mix of me sourcing coffee from farms that I continually support every year. Mm-hmm. So we have a Brazilian coffee from Fazenda Sorto. It's a women producing farm. 
I bought coffee from this farm since 2014 mm -hmm. and every single year I buy the same coffee from the same farm because it's consistently fantastic. Mm -hmm. So it creates a kind of a connection in between the farm and ourselves mm -hmm. and the cafe. Mm -hmm. Outside of two or three coffees that we buy every year, I'm always looking for something different. Mm -hmm. We taste and cup coffees every Monday and Tuesday, 50, 60, 70 different coffees every week, mm -hmm. looking for something that stands out. Mm -hmm. So I'm always looking for something different and I want to provide the customer. So any cafe that comes online with us, they have a great choice of what they want to use mm -hmm. in their cafe. Mm -hmm. So we go back to Chestnut and Ballet de Hobbs, a good example where every season they open up and they change their coffee with the season and with the menu. Mm -hmm. So what that means is we come down to the restaurant and with Rob's the head chef, we will taste what's in season and what's an offer from our roastery at the time. Mm -hmm. They pick the coffee. We source it. They use it. Okay. So it's a very, very kind of close personal yeah. approach. Mm. I say 50 to 60% of our cafes are like that. They pick their coffee, we source it, and they exclusively use it. Okay. We don't do blends. So mm -hmm. this is a kind of a variation of it. Mm -hmm. Like blends in a way in the coffee industry are fantastic. You can have a generic blend that goes across 20 different cafes. Mm -hmm. We're quite the opposite. We go single origin, single estate, mm -hmm. certified organic if requested. We will source it individually for each cafe. Okay. It sounds quite labor intensive, isn't it? Very labor intensive, yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine 16 different coffees in yeah. inventory control and there's a lot of work involved in yeah. it. But I like it because I know exactly how much coffee I have for each customer. Yeah. So good to tell you're using this, O'Neill's and Skibberine are using that. Mm. You know exactly how much is needed and mm. what's required for mm. each period of the season. Like, so obviously it's summer now, so our cafes are doing very well. Mm. There's a lot of footfall. So we have to make sure we have to read them on stock. Mm -mm. Okay. Okay. All right. Very good. And has climate change affected your sourcing, your business model and procurement? I think this year and maybe last year is the first time we had issues getting coffee into Cork, mm -hmm. into my roastery in a sufficient time frame. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to Brexit was the first initial hurdle. Mm -hmm. A lot of our coffee came from UK. No, it all comes to Europe. Mm. There's not one product comes into my roastery from the UK anymore. So Gosh, yeah. it went from like 90% UK to zero. Mm. The price of transport and containers and pallets has gone really, really high, mm. which has put stress on the courier companies and the transport companies. So everything escalated. And the war in Ukraine as well is actually mm. creating issues with mm. fuel. And it's just a snowball effect. Yeah. And climate change. I think recently, you know, we were sourcing a coffee from Costa Rica and their farm had an early bloom on their coffee trees, which is resulting of high temperatures mm. earlier in the season. Mm. I think 80% of their crops are lost because of it. Gosh. So yeah. it is a major issue mm. for farms. It's a major issue for us as well, sourcing mm. the right coffees. Mm -mm. So yeah, climate change is an issue. It'll become a bigger issue. Mm. Unfortunately, price of coffee is rising. Mm. Sourcing green coffee is more, ex more expensive now. Mm. And all this will have to feed down the chain eventually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gosh. It's <laughs> optimistic, gosh. I'll just drink loads of coffee now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And how would you describe the flavor profile of your coffee and individual coffee varieties? Yeah, so our coffee is what I like to think is a medium to light roast. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't be a dark roasted coffee. So quite unusual as well. We're going back to exclusively specializing roasting coffee for cafes. Mm -hmm. We can modulate the flavor profile depending on the barista and the cafe owner's request. Mm -hmm. 
What that means, if they want more body in the coffee, we can modulate it. Mm-hmm. If they want that coffee to be lighter and fruitier, you just say they're using a certain coffee for filter mm-hmm. or for espresso tonics, which we're drinking now, mm. or for um, batch. We can modulate the roasting profile to bring out those flavors. Okay. So in general, we're a medium to light coffee roaster. Okay. And what is your business ethos? Business ethos. <laughs> uh, Sounds very fancy, doesn't very it? Very fancy, yeah. <laughs> First rate, supplying a cafe isn't just handing over a bag of coffee and saying thanks very much and all the best. There's a lot more to it. Mm. Any customer that works with me will tell you that we will come down and we will provide all the training that's necessary for you to give a good cup of coffee to your customer. Mm -hmm. So it's a full service Mm -hmm. and that's equipment training. So that's all that we give to the cafe. Sourcing, we're looking for sustainable sourcing ethos where we will source coffee from farms that we dedicate every year a certain amount of coffee continually so they can have um security that right west car coffee is going to buy 10 pallets of this coffee this mm. summer and we'll continue that relationship mm. obviously with packaging and stuff we recently changed our packaging to recycling for all our wholesale customers okay that was a thing i've tried i've been working on for a long time mm. it wasn't as easy as i thought mm. because you can imagine you're transporting 30 to 40 kilo bags of yeah. coffee. Some of them didn't make it and some mm. did. And <laughs> yeah. um, so the material of the bags mm. was a big challenge. Mm. We finally got there. So um, so for us, and then for me personally, like I'm all about work-life balance as well. Mm. My four young kids, I collect them every day from school. Mm. I like to be there for their activities in the afternoon. Mm. I don't want to stretch myself. Mm. So a sustainable approach to life as well and to my work-life balance and to the business. And yeah, sustainable, I suppose, yeah. in all aspects. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a challenge, but I'm trying. Yeah, yeah I'm trying. that's it. And has there been a change in the flavor profile of coffee over the years? And does that align with the way things have gone internationally? That's an interesting one. Like, has there been a change in my coffee? I don't think there has been. Mm-hmm. I haven't changed how I roast it. Mm-hmm. But we will get customers who will come to us and a potential customer who is using a certain coffee that might be a dark roasted coffee that customers are familiar with. They're reluctant to move to something that's medium to light. Mm, mm. That's understandable. Mm. But we also won't change our coffee to roast for that style. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's a catch to me too. You lose customers and you gain customers. Yeah, you know? yeah. The market out there for, for specialty coffee is still small. It yeah, is like, yeah. We're a small sector of the coffee industry, mm, to be mm, honest. Like, mm. like, I was speaking to a farm there recently that we sourced from in Colombia. And the farm owner was saying 10% of his coffee goes to specialty, 90% goes to commodity. Gosh, yeah. That goes to show like, mm. like that we're a small industry. Mm. But I always say like, I always say since day one, we need to innovate rather than replicate. So we're never going to, like for me as a business, I'm never going to be a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be a big supplier of coffee. Mm-hmm. I'll always be small. So mm. why not focus on the strengths that you have? Yeah. So for us, our business model still stays the same. Mm. Sourcing specialty, high-grade coffee. Yeah, so the flavor, flavor of my coffee hasn't changed. Okay. Out there in the industry, it is probably changing depending on sourcing and cafe. You do your own thing. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, thing, okay, yeah. perfect. Okay. We were just saying that, that there are many now, I suppose, coffee roasting companies out there. How would you describe the market? Is it collaborative or competitive or... If we go back to 2014, when I produced my first bag of coffee from West Cork Coffee, mm. there wasn't many of us, especially mm-hmm. in Cork. Mm. There has been a few additional roastery companies come on board 
and they've all come on board from a community where we are collaborative. Like there's a car coffee community where we all know each other very well. Mm. We come together for tasting events, competitions, shares. Mm. The product itself, there is multiple coffee roasters out there at the moment. It, it is, it is very collaborative. Like I, I often meet roasters from other companies out in the boat and we have a chat and mm. we've all got the same issues. Yeah, we've exactly. all got the same problems. It's very yeah. funny. Like I go back to a funny story actually, you know, and I give a shout out to Mark Kingston. He's a roaster for Golden Bee. Okay. And um, he's based on Bally Malou. Mm-hmm. And when the enterprise board came on board to support me with my priming grant, mm. which is to get my roastery up and running, mm. my biggest problem was finding a landlord that would install a roastery. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember that when I eventually got my roastery, my landlord said, could he see a working roastery? And Mark, in fairness to him, brought us down and showcase his roastery mm. to my landlord mm. and we roast in the same machine so mm. mark has the same machine as me so that's that's the thing you didn't have to do yeah, yeah. but very appreciative still to this day yeah and yeah the, the industry is the cork industry is collaborative course 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 okay and have trends like cold brews affected your approach to roasting no <laughs> <laughs> that's a simple one no, yeah, that's no. a simple one no not really like like mm. We do, we do core brews. We like in my own place in the Grey Heron, we have a coffee shop called the WCC Brew Bear. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost like an experimental kind of cafe for me. Mm. So I can try new things. So we, we do core brew, we do batch, we do espresso tonics. It doesn't affect the roasting, but I was yeah. explaining to you earlier, actually, it's all about matching the right coffee with the yeah. beverage. Mm-hmm. So if we're making an espresso tonic, I like a high altitude, sweet, European coffee or an African coffee. Mm. If you use a South American or a Central American coffee washed with that, it uh, may not taste as good. Yeah. That's all we're matching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't affect the roasting. It's just being knowledgeable on how to match yeah. the coffee with the beverage. Okay. And do you find your sales are affected by seasonal factors? For example, has the recent good weather impacted you? And do customers favor lighter flavor profiles in summer? They do. So iced coffees are very popular. Mm. Um, espresso tonics are very popular. And gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we put them on the menu actually in our cafe this week and they've, yeah. they've, they've gone down a hit because mm. not a lot of people have them. Iced coffees, they're very popular for a certain demographic. Yeah. They're kind of like the younger, the younger generation. It's love. cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool <laughs> yeah. to walk around in a nice coffee. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I would never turn my nose up to anybody that drinks iced coffee. Yeah. It works in the right temperatures yeah, in yeah. the summer. I like it when it's really hot. Just reminds me of America. Like every it time is, I think, yeah. Jesus, I think of America. Yeah, but I know, yeah. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine there says, how do you drink your coffee cold? Like, so it's, it's, it's different strokes for different it's folks. Books, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's a place for it in summertime is the time for it. You wouldn't be getting a nice coffee in December. Yeah, just no, the, like, <laughs> you know, because I, I try to limit myself to one cup of coffee a day, but it's harder, I find, in the summer. But like this now, this espresso tonic, it's yeah. just, oh, hit, hit the spot now nicely it for works, me. It works, it works. <laughs> exactly, it works. yeah, yeah. And if you would have to pick your favourite coffee, what would it be and why? Ooh, favourite coffee. It's like picking your favourite child, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like going back to seasonal approaches again, like I kind of change my coffee drinking depending on the time of year. I'm, I'm really interested in the coffee at the moment. It's an anaerobic natural. It's a process that they use at the farm level that replicates wine production. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever had an anaerobic natural wine, it's the same process that the farmer does with the coffee cherries. Mm-hmm. It modulates the flavor of the coffee dramatically. It makes it sweeter. I'm really interested in that kind of style mm-hmm. of production from the farm level. 
And when it comes to us, when we roast it and we serve it to a customer, they're blown away by the flavor profile. Yeah. So again, it goes back to looking for something new. I'm not the person that would drink the same coffee every day. Okay. I'm always looking for something different. Yeah. We recently had a Vietnamese coffee that we sourced for the chestnut. That was fantastic. The anaerobic natural El Salvador we have at the moment, the flavor profile, candy floss, papaya, grape, like really sweet and summery. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. come to me in December, I'd be looking for my cinnamon chocolate know. notes, you know. <laughs> yeah. The season, seasons affect what I drink. There's not really one standout coffee. Like I'm really pushing for looking for new coffees that I can experiment with mm. and play with. So I was moving forward, basically. And do you ever get sick of coffee? No. <laughs> <laughs> How could you ever get sick of it? People get addicted to this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of people say, how many coffees do we drink a day? Like, you know, yeah. my, my coffee consumption is quite different to a, to a person who comes in for their cup of coffee in a yeah. cafe. I'm doing a lot of cuppings, tasting, yeah. quality control. I probably sit down for one cup of coffee a day yeah. where it's like a book or a newspaper mm, and I'm mm, relaxing mm. most of the day. It's quality control, yeah. training, all that kind of stuff. Mm, you know? mm, mm, um, mm. So, so you get to enjoy one cup a day and then the rest one is cup open a day, yeah. work. <laughs> one cup a day without the kids and yeah. <laughs> read the newspaper and relaxing, you know. Yeah. The rest is work related. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you also run some workshops. Can you tell us a little about what's involved in them? Yeah, so the workshops was a concept I was looking to develop for a long time. So I'm big into education, I'm big into training, I'm big into promoting specialty coffee, mm-hmm. not just West Cork coffee, but promoting the sector, the specialty industry. Mm-hmm. And we hosted workshops in a roastery for a few years, but I was looking for an external location where I could do it in an environment where it was more catered for training, mm-hmm. right? So. There was a gift, an art gallery in Banding called Grey Heron, and I knew Dave and Philip very well. Mm. And those guys were always interested in having a coffee option in their gift shop. So this place is a gift shop, it's an art gallery, it promotes all local artists, mm. plenty of space as well. Mm. So I had this vision of a bar, so a replicating, I suppose, like a pub where people sit around the counter mm. and you can discuss coffee. And we developed uh, a little over a year and a half ago, just after COVID, the workshop facility mm-hmm. in the Grey Heron, and mm. we call it WCC Brew Bear. So we run workshops every Sunday morning. Okay. The workshops are three to four hours long. We do roasting workshops, barista workshops, and our most popular is home brewing workshop. Okay. So if you can imagine during COVID, a lot of people bought sage machines. Yeah. They bought espresso machines. A lot of people are working from home now. A lot of people don't have the knowledge on how to use these machines. Yeah, yeah. But this workshop was fantastic teaching people. Yeah. And showcasing how the coffee can be utilized to its best, I suppose, its hundred percent capacity of using the bean in the right way. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not as easy as grinding the coffee and pressing the button, which yeah. a lot of people think. Yeah, um, yeah. So those workshops became very, very popular. We host them here every Sunday morning. We've taken a break now for the summer season just because the roastery is very busy. Mm. The cafe is quite busy. Mm. So we're going to relaunch them in September with individual booking slots. So mm. you can go to the website and book your exact time and slot. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they're very popular. It's a good idea, actually, as a present. I'm already thinking of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a great idea for someone who, you know, if it's someone who is difficult to buy for it, that's a kind of cool present. It's yeah. funny, like, we, I'd say a lot of people do buy them as presents. Yeah. Um, they're sending husbands or wives yeah. or daughters. We've had hen parties do it. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've had hen parties come and do it. 
they do it the morning before they go and party yeah, in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> it's good fun, you know. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah, greeting. Yeah. The first hour we do sensory analysis. We we taste and we explain why coffee tastes different, mm, mm, mm. why origins taste different, and why processes taste different. Mm. The second hour is filter brewing, so air press, Chemex, V60, all different ways of making coffee at home. And then the last hour is barista training, mm. where we do milk texturing espresso extraction and uh, lashy arts which I guess is funny <laughs> people just want to do lashy arts they're just waiting for that moment to mm. do the, the love heart to oh, the tulip on your, your milk <laughs> and then uh, we train you in that as well and you could come, we have a competition at the end of oh, the best very nice. fun, yeah, actually. yeah yeah good um, yeah so with the with the WCC brew bear I, I love it because I can use it as an experimental area for my coffees I can mm. um, use it for training it's open every day except on this actually every day except on this and people can come in and get a coffee menu we do two different coffees in espresso we do a filter menu and now we're introducing a coffee cocktail mm. menu, so mm. cool quite cool yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. yeah. very good the u.s comedian dennis leary derided the shift away from coffee flavored coffee is adding a syrup or flavoring to your coffee akin to adding a mixer to a top shelf whiskey i saw a question yeah like i i think it's a good one I first started, when I opened up here first, I had no syrups. Oh, right? yeah. And the amount of people coming looking for syrups. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so we said, look, we'll introduce the syrups. But I'm more of a kind of like, I never kind of look down on a person's choice to put sugar or mm. syrups into coffee. Mm. Right? We would advise people, like, maybe try it first without the syrup or without the sugar and then put it in afterwards. Mm. So like, I can see, like, I, I do I do like single malt whiskeys as well. and. Mm. Obviously, I wouldn't put coke or ginger ale into my yeah, whiskey, yeah, yeah. but my friend does. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah, you know? So yeah, yeah. you could look at coffee that way and say, yes, it is a sin probably to put it into specialty coffee and drown out the real taste. Yeah, the real uh, taste, the real flavor. Mm. Yeah. But then again, people love it. Different uh, strokes different for different strokes folks. Different strokes for different folks again. <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't be saying, and I know some people would say you can't put syrups into coffee. I would never do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's up to the individual. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Fair enough. Fair enough. So thank you, Tony, for joining us today on the Cork Creative Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about West Cork Coffee, you can find links to the website and social media on corkcreative.ie. That's great. Thanks very much.